Hi, you're now listening to a sermon from Harvest Community Church in Hoffman Estates, Illinois. We're happy to bring you sermons like this one every week. You can find other sermons at our site at harvest-community.org. So without further ado, here's our speaker. Uh, so why don't we all turn to 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 8, verses 1 through 13. So it's uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 8. Uh, verses 1 through 13. I'll read that for us. Now concerning food offered to idols, we know that all of us possess knowledge. This knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. If anyone imagines that he knows something, he does not yet know as he ought to know. But if anyone loves God, he is known by God. Therefore, as to the eating of food offered to idols, we know that an idol has no existence and that there is no God but one. For although there may be so-called gods in heaven or on earth, as indeed there are many gods and many lords, yet for us there is one God, the Father, from whom, we are, from whom are all things and from whom we exist, and one Lord, Jesus Christ, through whom all things and through whom we exist. However, not all possess this knowledge, but some, through former associations with idols, eat food as really offered to an idol, and their conscience being weak is defiled. Food will not commend us to God. We are no worse off if we do not eat, and no better off if we do. But take care that this right of yours does not somehow become a stumbling block to the weak. For if anyone sees you who have knowledge eating in an idol's temple, will he not be encouraged if his conscience is weak to eat food offered to idols? And so by your knowledge this weak person is destroyed, the brother from whom Christ died. Thus sinning against your brother's and wounding their conscience when it is weak, you sin against Christ. Therefore, if food makes my brother stumble, I will never eat meat, lest I make my brother stumble. Um, let me pray for us. Father, we just uh, lift this time up to you and ask that your word would speak to all of us here. Um, and just ask that as we even talk about community and, and your truth as uh, in community, as we uh, share these truths with each other and as we encourage each other, Father, I just pray that your spirit would be here and speak to our hearts. And we pray this uh, in your son's name. Amen. Okay, so, um, yeah, I think uh, Pastor Jared asked me to kind of give the the last sermon uh, for the sermon series on community. He wanted me to talk about truth in community. And uh, as I was just kind of praying about what passage uh, to kind of share with you guys, uh, this passage came to mind. And it was, uh, it was a little weird. And uh, even, I think, this morning as... As I was sharing with uh, Pastor Dave and, and Jared about the passage, I felt like, oh, I don't know if I uh, should do this. But it was too late, so <laughs> so here it is. But anyways, I'd like to, today to start with an image. And uh, I think this is probably pretty familiar with most of us. It is uh, this image. So so what color, what is the color of this dress? I know that this, uh, for those of you who don't know, um, you know, this was kind of a big thing on, on social media and uh, Twitter and everything. So so let, let me see. Who who thinks here thinks this is white and gold? White and gold. Okay. It's about, about half, maybe. How about blue blue and black? Wow. Blue and black. Okay. All right, see. So it's like, it's about half-half, right? And um, I don't know if you guys had these kind of discussions with your, with your friends or anything, but I just remember this. Uh, I was down at U of I visiting my fiance, and uh, they they had this whole debate about this, and it, and it got pretty heated. Uh, some people are adamant that this was white and gold. 
or it was blue and black. And actually, for me right now, I, I look at this and I see I see white and gold, white and gold. So, but anyways, here let me let me show you another image. That's that's what the actual dress looks like. Yeah. So so this is you know you can see here like with the lighting and then next to the kind of wedding dress, it uh, it's actually uh, blue and black. So so sorry for all you white and gold people. I, I was in that boat too. I was it was white and gold for me too. But um, but anyways, I. I believe that you know many truths are kind of like like this dress, right? We we kind of see it a certain way, and we we feel convicted about about the truth that we hold so dear, and we're a hundred percent sure that we're right, and we want to everyone else that doesn't agree with us, we want to convince them uh, that we're right, and I think this is especially true with different issues like politics or who are you going to vote for uh, in the 20, uh, 2016 election, or even uh, truths that here at, at church and in our community groups. Um, but here in, in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 8, verse 1 through 13, I think Paul addresses a similar issue, an issue that affected the Corinthians' faith and uh, their church. And this, uh, this issue is surrounding food offered to idols. Um, it might seem kind of foreign to us, but you know, it had really great ramifications for the Corinthians. And I really want us to see how Paul approaches this issue, and it gives us lessons for us to learn about how we can apply knowledge and truth to each other. So, you know, first to kind of talk about the issue of food off idols, you can see here that uh, this is like kind of a, a Taoist um, offering for food. Just to give us a little bit of context uh, for this issue as we before we kind of get into the passage itself. So as you think about this, you know, the Corinthians, a lot of people in the Corinthian church were Gentiles, and so they didn't have this background in Judaism. And when, what they come from is this place of idolatry. A lot of them kind of grew up just offering, uh, going to temples and offering um, blessings and, and incense to, to their idols, kind of like this. And you know, as I was thinking about this, I, I remember even f- for me growing up, I, I would visit sometimes uh, my grandparents in Taiwan. And uh, my grandfather, every morning, would wake up and burn incense uh, to this really weird picture. And it kind of looked a little bit like this. I, it wasn't exactly like this, as I remember, but it was kind of like this. And then it's, it's just like he would burn incense every morning. And it, and it was really strange to me. I mean, I was just like maybe seven years old. But I just remember him doing that. And, and it was it was every every day that I was there, and I'm sure it was every day even when I wasn't. Um, and this is the kind of context that the Corinthians, uh, you know, the, these Christians grew up in. That, that was for them uh, their, their truth. And so here with this issue, the Corinthians um, now as becoming, becoming Christian, they realize that idols aren't really gods, right? And that, that there is really just one God. And that's, you know, and, and I think Paul here, you know, as he's talking about this, he's, he's asking um, that, that, that they, uh, excuse me, I lost my place here <laughs> for a second, but, but that, um, that this, these gods are not really gods. And the Corinthians themselves, um, you know, they, they, they burned uh, portions of their food. They burned it into three portions for, to, to, um, sorry, sorry, just one second, one second. I just um, lost my place. Um, one sec. 
Sorry, I was just a, a little little nervous, and I lost my place here, and I just want to gather gather my thoughts a little bit. <clears throat> okay. Anyways, okay. So, sorry, I I just. <laughs> but really, uh, what this is, what this is is that the Corinthians um, really that they that they um, went to these feasts and uh, these feasts they burned the meats into three portions. They either burned it before the God and they portioned to the, the worshippers and they placed it on the table before God. And all the Corinthians believers knew that this this idolatry was wrong and sinful. Um, and they didn't disagree on this point. But some of them did disagree between the Corinthians that the feasts were sinful. And they thought that since the idols weren't really gods, that this meant that the meat wasn't really special. And they had the freedom to go to these feasts and eat freely. And they encouraged others to do so too. Yeah, and so I think it's really there's this disagreement between the Corinthians, between those that believed that it was fine to go in these feasts, and then others that believed that this was sinful and that they shouldn't do it. And they went to Paul and asked Paul to weigh in on this issue. All right, so that's the context of these verses. So how does Paul approach this? Right? How does Paul approach this issue that was really dividing uh, the Corinthian church? So the, the first thing that he does is he actually doesn't address the issue outright. He really addresses it uh, in a different way. And he first talks about how knowledge is love. Knowledge is love. So here we see this in verses 1 through 3, and it reads here again, uh, verses 1 through 3, that now concerning food offered to idols, we know that all possess knowledge. This knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. If anyone imagined that he knows something, he does not yet know as he ought to. But if anyone loves God, he is known by God. And so we see here this contrast, right? This contrast between knowledge and love. Knowledge puffing up, but love building up. And, you know, even in this, this translation, there's an there's a earlier text that translates it this way. Um, those, this is verses 2 through 3. Those that think they have knowledge do not yet know as they ought to know. But whoever loves truly knows. And I think, I think this, this is really what Paul is trying to get to here, is that really it's, it's not about knowledge, right? It's not about you know, this, this disagreement between is it, is it really idols? Are they really offering you know, to real gods or are they not? But really it's about, about love. You know, what, what, how are you applying this knowledge and how are you using your knowledge to other believers, right? And so, so whoever loves truly knows. And I think this is worth reflecting on because, you know, I, I think for us it's easy to think about, you know, being right about the issues that affects our lives, right? We want to make sure that we all, all across our our T's and dot our I's, and we, we want to know, um, make sure that, you know, what, where we're coming from, you know, we, we know exactly what we're arguing about and what we're saying. But here I think Paul is, is saying, look, you know, as, as Christians, we're called to something greater. We're, not, we're called to, to use our knowledge in love, right, and not, and not just try to prove that we're right. And I was thinking about an example of this, you know, and, and uh, actually two came up. But the first one really is, is, is trolls. So I don't know if you guys uh, trolling on the forums. I don't know if you guys ever go to forums. And so for me, I, 
um, I, a lot of times I go to forums if I'm looking for, uh, just looking for some, some knowledge about my Prius or, you know, some other things. And these forums, um, a lot of times, you know, they, they post really good things. They, they really post um, a lot of uh, good knowledge about a Prius. For example, my Prius you know, burns a lot of oil for some reason, and I didn't know why, and I went to the forum to find it. Uh, but, but a lot of times in these forums, there's people who go there and, they, and when they post what they know, they kind of put down people that ask questions. Um, you know, and they, they call it trolling. And so here it's, uh, here's a definition I found on Urban uh, Dictionary. Uh, to, I don't know if, if it helps. But, um, but the Urban Dictionary definition uh, says that being a, a prick on the Internet because you can. And this is a, a troll. <laughs> typically unleashing one or more cynical or sarcastic remarks on an innocent bystander because it's the Internet and, hey, you can. All right, and so that's, that's the definition of trolling. And now the, the reason I mention uh, trolling is, is because, you know, in some ways, these, these trolls, they, they actually give correct information. You know, they, they actually give you an accurate understanding of things, but they, they tell in, in such a a demeaning and, and, and mean-spirited way that sometimes you just kind of dismiss it. And I think, I think for us as Christians, you know, sometimes we can, we can be so caught up in, in really trying to tell the truth to somebody or try to, to really uh, convince them of, of what we believe is to be true that we, we really don't really think about uh, where the other person is at and we don't really tell them in, this, um, in a way of love. And the other thought I had about this was really it, it kind of occurred to me yesterday as in our CG, or sorry, Friday when we were going over a book. And this book is called uh, The Meaning of Marriage by Tim Keller. And um, I don't know if you guys have uh, heard of this book, but uh, it's, it's really good and it talks about, um, yeah, the, the meaning of marriage. <laughs> I was trying to think of a really good way of, of describing that, but... Anyways, so, so, but here, really here, this, there's this, as we were talking about this during our, our um, you know, CG, it was, it was really about uh, this idea of the power of love and the power of truth, right? And in this, like, as, and I, you know, not being married myself, but, but starting to, even as we go through this engagement period, me and my fiance, just realizing that, you know, as, as a couple, as, with your spouse, your spouse knows almost, you know, knows you better than ever, anybody else, you know, in this, in this world, right? They know all your, your faults and all your strengths, you know, all, everything, right? And I think this, this, uh, this, the spouse, your spouses, they, they have this knowledge that they can, they can take that knowledge and they can really build you up with it, right? They, like, for example, there was this one story about this guy who, who was really um, the way he interacted with um, his friends and his coworkers? Uh, a lot of times he was very blunt, and he didn't realize what he was saying. But and then his spouse, you know, she could take it, and but she knew that this this was a flaw in his life, and uh, and she was able to speak the truth to him about how he interacted with people, um, and it and even showed that she still loved him, even though he a lot of times was being so mean to other people. And it is our spouses that have this power in our lives, right? And they can use it uh, either for good, right? Or they could use it 
for evil. You know, with, with great power comes great responsibility. Sorry, it's the nerd in me. But, but really, this, this, it's, it's this idea that, that our knowledge, right, and even, even in this sense, knowledge about our spouses, right, can be spoken in love. And I know it's hard. Because in a, in a lot of ways, our spouses, since they know so much about us, they're also the person that we could hurt the most with our knowledge, right? Like, and a lot of times, our spouses are the ones that, you know, when they, when they sin, they, they hurt us the most. And a lot of times, we want to lash out and lash back at them, right, with, with the knowledge that we have. But what God calls us to do is to use that knowledge in love, right? So, you know, I just... Now, how many, how many of us really want to strive for that knowledge, right? Or sorry, that love. You know, how many times, you know, do we feel convicted that you know, after a fight or after, you know, when we sit down with our spouses, do we do we realize that you know the truths that we kind of affected each other with, right? And we realize that a lot of times that it's, it's, you know, it, it just it destroys rather than builds up. And I and I guess I just felt convicted for us, you know, even though we're supposed to be talking about community groups uh, today, that uh, even in our marriages, that God can take the truths uh, that we have about our spouses, and we can use it to build up rather than destroy. So that's the first way. Uh, the second second way that approach that Paul takes with uh, the Corinthians is knowledge based in the gospel. Knowledge based in the gospel, and this is you can see in verses four to six. And uh, here in four to six, you know, the Corinthians knew that an idol, you know, therefore as to eating food offered to idols, we know that an idol has no exi- real existence, and there is no god but one. For although there may be so-called gods in heaven or on earth, as indeed there are many gods and many lords, yet for us there is one God the Father from whom all things and for whom we exist, and one Lord Jesus Christ in whom all things and through whom we exist. And so you see here that the Corinthians knew that there was only an, an idol had no real existence and that there is no God but one. Right? They knew that. They knew that. But, but what Paul's point is, he really wanted to show them, and this is seen in verse 6, that Yet for us there is one God, the Father from whom all things and for whom we exist, and one Lord Jesus Christ through whom all things and through whom we exist. And you see here that his emphasis is not that, yes, it's true that we both believe in one God, but yet we also believe that there is one Lord, Jesus Christ. And he wanted to remind them that you know, our knowledge is not just knowledge about God, but knowledge based in the gospel. Right? Knowledge based in the gospel, and it, this really putting this issue in the context of the gospel changes the whole framework of the issue. You know, for the Corinthians it was about being right, but for Paul it's more than just being right. It's about being right in love, because of the gospel we have grace through God not only to be right but also to love. The gospel is the foundation of why knowledge is love, and so I think the thought is that. You know, when we think about the truths that we have, right, 
it's not just a truth about God. It's not just a truth about what the Bible says, but it's in the context of the gospel. It's in the context that we are saved, and we are saved by God, and we are loved by him, and he loved us first, even though we were enemies of him. Right? And then this, this is the foundation to which our knowledge stands. Right? And so, you know, let me ask this question. Why do we seek knowledge? Why do we seek knowledge? You know, for, for those of us who are students... Do we seek knowledge because we want to get good grades, right? For those of us who are working, do we seek knowledge because we want to be better workers? And for, for those of us who are parents, do we seek knowledge because we want to be better parents, right? You know, and for us who are Christian, are we seeking knowledge just to be better Christians? And I think the reason Paul reminds us in verse 6 that, you know, reminds the Corinthians that as Christians we seek knowledge not to be better Christians, but to know Jesus better, Right? And you know, I, I think it's easy to lose sight of that. It's really easy, even, even as we go over you know, the meaning of marriage right, in, in, our, in our CG, I think you can always kind of twist it and be like, you know, I, I want a better marriage. I, I want a better relationship with my spouse. I want to be a better Christian. But really, why we seek knowledge and why we seek truth is not to be a better Christian, but to really know Jesus, Right? to know the one who saved us, to know the one who has loved us even when we were enemies. And I think that's important to realize, even as we gather for our community groups, that, that really we gather because of Christ. Right? And, I, and I, I really like the way that uh, Karen was, in her testimony as she was sharing, is that, that you know, she, she, wanted, she felt like she was missing something and she didn't know what that was. And she realized that she needed to connect with other Christians. And, and not really to be a better Christian, but really to know Jesus better in her life. right? And I think for a lot of us, it's, it's easy to lose sight of that. As we go through each day and as we see the issues that pop in our lives with, with our marriages and with our kids and with the, even each other, that we are looking to make the situation better. But really what God is calling us is, to himself. And that, uh, you know, this is why we're here, is, is to know him better. And the last way that, you know, that Paul approaches uh, these verses is, is in verses uh, 7 through 13. And this is knowledge for the sake of others. And we see this in uh, verses 7 through 13. And here in the verses, he, he talks about how, you know, not all possess this knowledge, right? But some, through former association with idols, eat food as really offered to an idol, and their conscience being weak is defiled. Food will not commend us to God. We are no worse off if we do not eat, and no better off if we do. But take care that this right of yours does not somehow become a stumbling block to the weak. And I think he's really kind of talking about here that all of us, right, have have different understandings of things. And some of us know more than others. And, um, and the, for those of that know more about God and maybe are more mature in our faith, you know, we shouldn't use that right or this maturity to, to impose on other people. Um, it, for example, like, you know, if, if I know I'm, I'm meeting with a, uh, another believer that has, um, you know, has, Previous being been an alcoholic, 
And, you know, I, I decided, you know, I'm, as a Christian, I'm free to, to drink alcohol, right? But, but, you know, like in that context, it would, it would be wrong of me to have a drink in front of this guy because he's suffered so much through his alcoholism and, and trying to, um, you know, overcome that with God's grace, right? And so I think Paul's point is here is that as, as believers— we need to, you know, we we need to be uh, careful with uh, and look out for the others, for the sake of others, those that are weak, um, and those that don't know are are maybe no less than than those of us. And I think. Um, Excuse me. Um, sorry, I, I, you know, I, even as I'm speaking here uh, and I'm up here, and uh, and maybe you're also maybe feeling uncomfortable, but it's just, it's just, I, I have this sense um, that. Um, I don't want to just go through this, uh, go through uh, this passage and, and talk and go through over my talking points. And, um, um, you know, and, and even as I am sharing this, I, I just get the sense that, uh, yeah, that, that God is, wants, wants to do something uh, with this church. And, you know, it's, it's funny because... Um, Sorry, I'm, I'm kind of going off script here, but, but, you know, I think I think uh, there's a, in a sense, I, I I just feel that that God wants to to speak to us about about how we how we how we relate to one another and how we how we talk to each other and, and about truth and. Um, You know, yeah, you know, I've only been here two years, and you know, it's it's Harvest is a is a great church. I mean, it really is, and and I think it's um, you know, there's a lot of good things about it, but I, I guess I just feel convicted that uh, you know, there there are times where it, we feel, I think, disconnected with each other, um, and I think a part of that is that all of us, you know, have been a lot of us have been churched for a lot of our lives. Um, and a lot of us have a lot of beliefs and truths that we we hold dear and we know it, it to be true. Um, and and a lot of times when we discuss these things, it, it, there is this um, sense that I get that uh, even as I in th- these different conversations that that we you know we're we're so we hold on so dear to what what we have come to believe. That it's hard for us to really listen to our brothers and sisters, and, and really, it's you know, it's, even as I was going over this, and, and this this is really, uh, I felt this is the conviction that I felt for Harvest is that, you know, it's it's, you know, why why are why are we even talking with our brothers and sisters? Why why are we even 
uh, trying to share these truths with our brothers and sisters? Are we, are we here to kind of prove that we know something? Are we here to try to, um, you know, convince them of our way? Are we here to even um, try to, you know, rally, you know, people to a, a certain way of doing things? Um, and, you know, and I think for me it, it, it's, uh, I feel like God is, is saying, you know, that we, we kind of have our focus wrong, that, that really it's, it's, about, it's about loving one another. It's not a really about knowing certain truths about our faith. It's not about knowing certain things and, and really saying, you know, this is this is where I stand, you know, and and if if you disagree with me, then you know, you're not as good of a Christian than I am, kind of deal. Um, and and you know, I know it maybe it maybe it's a little bit taboo, but you know, just even as I was kind of going with this, this this even the current issue about homosexuality and same-sex marriage, and. Um, yeah, you know, even as as we talk about and as we discuss this with other people, I feel like there's a lot of us that feel very strongly about these things. And, and, and sometimes, I mean, and I agree, it's an important issue, and it's not something to be taken lightly. But, but really what my hope is and my conviction is for this church is that, you know, we, we, don't, we don't destroy each other over, over these kind of issues. You know, we... we we need to speak the truth to each other. I I totally get it. I totally understand. But we need to speak that truth in love. And uh, and really just understand that that these convictions that we have, yes, they're important. But but what's even more important is that we love one another, right? Yeah. Um. <laughs> Sorry. It's just it's just even as I'm up here, I I feel. I feel this this resistance. I don't know how to describe it, and it it's um <laughs> it it really it really threw me off. I, I mean, it, I I don't know what it is, but 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 it, it it's I I just really want to you know more than giving a good sermon, you know more than more than just you know making every the talking points and making sure we go over all this stuff. Like I just I just want us to know that God is speaking to us that. Just even as the Corinthians and their issue with food offered idols, that there are issues that today that we talk about that are important to this church, that are important to harvest, and that you know as we talk about these things, that we need to be reminded that we need to 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 not be so caught up in improving our points, but but really um, again just really loving each other. Um, yeah, and actually, this is this one thing, this last last thing, and, I, and I'll I'll finish with this. Um, you know, it it's uh, there's this. I'm just gonna skip, skip right here. It's multiple choice. <laughs> you know, when we're in discussion with an uh, an, an issue with another Christian, what is most important to us? I know this is all uh, been jumbled up, but but really, this is this is the last kind of kind of application that I want us to to think about and reflect upon. Uh, when we're in a discuss, discussion with the issue of another Christian, what is most important to us? Is it a understanding the other person's side, 
Uh, B, convincing the other person I'm right. C, making the other person feel stupid. Or D, uh, none of the above. And yeah, I'm not up here to, to make you feel guilty. Uh, I'm not up here to shame different people into saying, you know, look, you know, you got to change your ways or, you know, it's, uh, you know, that, that whole thing, that whole spiel. But, but really, it's, I'm up here because I want you to know that, I guess, first of all, that, that, that God loves you, right? That God loves you. That, that you don't have to prove yourself to people, that you don't have to prove your truth to other people, that God loves you. And then secondly, because of that, because of that truth that God loves you and has saved you, that you can, you can love others. And as you share these truths and your convictions and these things with other people, that you can share that in love. Right? And, I, you know, what's, what's so amazing is that Paul, this, the author of, you know, 1 Corinthians, right, he's, he's this theological giant. Right? He, he wrote all the letters, and he wrote so many things. And a lot of our theology and understanding today is based off of that understanding. But you know, he's also the guy that also penned this, that like all this theology, everything that he knew means nothing if not done in love. It means nothing without love. And, yeah, I... <laughs> I, I feel like I'm, I'm kind of being a broken record here, but but really it's 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 this it's this idea of love that that we need to embrace. And I, I actually I really like what Eugene kind of shared with during uh, during worship time, and that that you know when we get up in the morning and maybe we don't feel like being here, and maybe we don't feel like uh, you know worshiping, but you know we we have a choice. We have a choice that we can come here and worship and by those choices and taking that step of faith that God can give us that heart to worship that that heart to do to to come together and be here and i feel that same way about love that even like say with your spouses or even with your community group there may be a lot of us here that don't even feel like on thursdays or fridays to go to our community groups because you know it's been a long week you know we um, like Karen have so many different people in our lives, families and friends that just t- demand so much of our time. But, but really, it's, it's a choice. And God is asking us, you know, are we willing to take that step of faith to go to our community groups, um, to, to love those people in our community groups, right? Just even as he called us to many of us who are in marriages, right, that might be going through some difficult times, he's giving us that choice, to take that step of faith and to love that spouse who maybe, you know, doesn't love you back, right? And we can only really do this because, because again, God loved us. God loved us and his spirit is within us. And it's not by our own strength or by anything that we do, but by, by God's strength and by God's power. So with all that said and all the jumbleness that I went through, I just want us to... Maybe spend a few moments right now and, and just ask God to to work in our hearts um, to even as we um, as we think about you know our community groups um, 
the people, you know, even our marriages, the people in our lives. And, and as we um, reflect upon these things and reflect upon you know, how, do we, how do we use uh, these truths in our lives? How do, we, how do we use the truths that we know about our spouse in our lives? How do we know about, how do we use the truth that we know about God with other Christians and brothers and sisters? Um, and ask that God would give us um, his love uh, to love those in truth. Thanks for listening to the sermon from Harvest Community Church. If you would like more information or have any questions or comments, check out our website at harvest-community.org. Thanks for listening.